0: And welcome back to another edition of Sanctified Reason. Sanctified Reason is a podcast where Dan DelSell and myself, Sonny, we talk about pop culture, the the crossroads, basically, of pop culture and Christianity. What is it? What are the the trend-leading influencers of society telling us versus what's the Bible telling us? And as a Christian, when we sit at this crossroads, who should we follow, what should we follow, what should we listen to, how should we listen to it, and how can we discern what it is that is actually biblical truth versus worldly truth. And Dan, one of the things that I see come up, we talk about trends. I mentioned trends. And you know social media is especially if you're on a platform like TikTok and maybe some other you know kind of viral video type platforms. It's all about this thing—a trend. Okay, people want to follow trends, or they want to try a new trend, or they want, you know, to dance the newest dance trend, and so everything's about these trending videos. And one of the things I'm starting to see pop up more and more is, at least on my feed, is religious, spiritual. Um, you know, not I wouldn't say really per se Christian, but kind of like a religious trend or themed trends going on and one of them is somebody that i that i kind of follow not for any specific reason but um they would put out some interesting content and and um it started to turn to this religious idea these religious trends and then it became shocking to me because the quote was it started out with saying um, this person's from South Carolina, so has a southern drawl, but says you all need to consider going to church. Dot dot dot. I'm thinking, okay, where's this going to lead? And then the next uh, text that pops up, it says, "Because I don't want some of you all in hell with me," and I'm starting to think that you know, the more I thought about it, at first I was kind of like, "Wow, why would anybody put that out there?" Um. But then I'm starting to think that, you know, it's becoming more and more popular to take on this cavalier approach about heaven and hell, especially when it comes to hell. I don't think people really realize exactly what it is that they're talking about. And so I just thought maybe we could start off with that idea about the, the cavalierness of people uh, with their sin, with their you know perception of what hell might be, of the things that are they're saying. Do they really realize what they're saying or do you think they're just, you know, ignorant of, of what, you know, Christian truth is or do you think this is something that Satan is utilizing to uh, deceive them when it comes to, you know, the afterlife?
1: Oh, you know, Son, I'm so glad that you are um, a, you know, tackling this issue because I think you've put your finger right on it here. Um, you know, people, they, they kind of laugh off hell uh, because they don't understand. I mean, none of us have any real comprehension of just how horrible it is. But the Bible makes it very clear, Son, that it is a place of unending agony. Uh, it is a place of uh, never-ending torment. Um and Jesus said that um you know it's a place where uh there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. And and so I think your word cavalier is, is a, is a very appropriate one here. You know, people who don't know what they're talking about, um, and, and, and as you say, they're, they're being blinded by Satan. Uh, you know, you'll, you'll hear people make just ridiculous comments like, well, you know, uh, the beer in hell might be warm, but at least I'll be there with all my friends or something like this, you know? And it's tragic son, because, um, if you were to take the worst prisons, uh, in the world today, uh, whether it be one in uh, Central or South America, probably you know North Korea would would, would be probably the worst. Uh, but but there you know there but there have been many horrible prisons. Um, uh, there, nothing like the prisons in in America, uh, where where people are you know tortured and and uh, and just treated uh, just horrifically. But but hell just even takes that to a new level. And and of course God doesn't want anyone to go to hell. Uh, Jesus died on the Cross for the sins of the world, and yet Satan has blinded the minds of unbelievers. The Bible says so; they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. So I think that you're you're really hitting an important point here, son. Um, you know, I, I think there are a lot of people who don't want to talk about hell, and, and you can understand that. I mean, you know, hey, hey, I don't like talking about hell. Uh, I wish hell wasn't a reality, but but it is what it is. I'm very thankful that God has told us the truth in the Bible. Uh, I mean, I would far rather know the truth than have my head buried in the sand and then, um, you know, only realize after my death that, uh, you know, that there was a savior who who loved me and would have saved me if, if only I had brought my sin to him. If only I'd recognized, hey, I've broken God's commandments. I deserve to go to hell. But, you know, son, most people don't think that way. They don't realize that until it's too late. And, and then um, there's nothing that a person can do to bring their sins to God. Uh, at that point, you realize that you're a lawbreaker before God. Um, you also realize that, that there's no uh, way that you're going to get out of hell ever. And and you also then begin to realize that the torment and the agony are so far greater than anything you ever even imagined that um, you would you would never have, have made light of that. Uh, you would never have wanted to think about going there yourself, having anyone in your family go there, you know, and, and certainly not others either. But uh, so, yeah, I, I, that, that comment that, you know, hey, uh, you know, this guy saying that, hey, I don't I don't want you to come to hell and, and be with me. I mean, first of all, he doesn't even understand, you know, what God tells us about how you get to heaven. Um, you, you don't get to heaven by going to church. You get to heaven by having church come inside your heart, by receiving Jesus as your savior, by repenting of your sin, by your body becoming a temple of the Holy Spirit. It's not the, the building you walk into that makes you a christian it's when god sets up camp on the inside of you when you accept christ as savior and that becomes then the church you're in church 24 7 and you begin to walk with jesus as a forgiven sinner so yeah heaven and hell uh you know the world doesn't really know what to do with them jesus talked a lot about both places and we know son that um, both are eternal destinations uh, from which people will never leave no one in heaven will ever want to leave. You know, my dad went to be with the Lord in heaven uh, a couple, three weeks ago uh, at nearly 85 years of age, uh, and and he trusted Christ as his Savior, and he is now in heaven, and we look forward to seeing him, you know, uh, when we get there. Uh, you know, I was very blessed on to be raised in a Christian home where uh, my parents were, were both believers in Jesus. My dad grew up in the Presbyterian church, my mom in the Lutheran church, but but they they've always known, as we have. That it's not what church affiliation you have; it's what's in your heart. What do you believe? We're justified by faith, not by our uh, church affiliation—be it Lutheran, Catholic, Baptist, Pentecostal. I mean, you know, uh, a lot of church denominations are um, are being used by the Lord in the sense of individual churches within that denomination and individual Christians within them. But, but, but that's, uh, you know, that's not the key. Uh, that's not the key to, to knowing God. The key to knowing God is, is to come to the father through the son, through faith, and then heaven is your home. And then you begin to get enlightenment on things like heaven and hell and, and what Jesus says in the Bible. And until then, you know, we're all likely and prone, I suppose, on to make comments like that guy did cavalier comments about hell. Um, but one day, and I, I hope that he has a change of heart. I hope he repents and believes the good news, but I, I guarantee you, Son, and it's really God's guarantee in the Bible, uh, if he doesn't, if he doesn't repent, he will he will realize one day just how foolish those words were and how untrue they were and, and how Satan had tricked him and Satan had blinded him and Satan had, had fooled him into thinking he could laugh off hell. Well, uh, Son, no one is in hell is laughing, um, but there's a whole a whole lot of weeping going on, a whole lot of gnashing of teeth. Um, and as unpleasant as it is for us to talk about, even on a podcast like this, Jesus talked about it, Son, because it's a real place and because he died on the cross so that we don't have to go there. And and so what could be more critical to talk about than this message?
0: The other thing that came to mind too with this is that, you know, there's the popular expression of telling people to go to hell. Uh, you see it in movies, usually it's surrounded by something of anger, maybe resentment, you know, those type of negative behaviors. And people, again, they're they're not really understanding where they're trying to so-called condemn someone to go to, because if they did, if they really truly understood what that statement was, go to hell, um, even in that anger, I don't think you'd want anybody to go there, because it is such a terrible place that you can't even really put into words and the um, devastation that comes with that. I mean, it's forget about the place itself, but imagine the lost souls, you know, that are going there. And that's the, the sad part to me is that people don't understand that, you know, if you're a lost soul, there's still hope until the day you die, you can always, you know, choose Jesus. But there's those, there's that, there's that lost soul that is going to be forever it's almost like you walk into a surprise party this is how i envision it you're you're walking through you know life and then it's a surprise party for your birthday let's say and all of a sudden you're like shocked in a good way that oh they threw through a party for you but here with that mindset of it's going to be a good time you know drinking beer with my buddies or whatever it's like going to be the exact opposite you know a hundred gazillion times fold of how bad it's going to be when you pop into that surprise party of hell and be like, "This is not what I thought it was going to be."
1: Oh, that that is that is so true, son. Uh, you know, there's a verse in uh, the book of Jude, uh, verse twenty three. There's just, it's just one chapter that that book, uh, the letter uh, of Jude, and uh, in that verse, we're told, "Snatch others from the fire and save them." And so, the picture the Bible gives Son is that is that people without Christ are essentially in a burning house. And that house is going to come crashing down on them. And they're going to exist in eternity uh, in a place of torment. Um, This is nothing that man would have ever come up with. Um, You know, heaven and hell and what the Bible says, this came to us from God. God wanted us to know how much he hates sin and that hell was prepared for the devil and his angels and that and it, it took the, the death of Jesus on the cross the perfect son of God the perfect lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world it took his death to pay for sin only a perfect sacrifice would have been acceptable so that satisfied God's justice and God's wrath against sin and somebody might say well wait a minute what do you mean wrath I thought God the Bible says God so loved the world. Yes, he so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. So, so Dan, somebody might say, Dan, what's up with this wrath? Well, um, Jesus bore the wrath that you and I deserve. We deserve God's wrath for our sin. Um, and and until you wrap your mind around that and accept that, you really won't be able to appreciate the gospel, the good news. News, um, you know, you you might end up with some uh, just. Crazy idea, like you'll you'll hear maybe certain atheists today who who will refer to God uh, as as a monster uh, who who sacrificed his only son and and certainly you know not all atheists by any stretch you know there have been some very vocal ones in in the last uh, decade or so uh, ten or twenty years but um, uh, I mean there are many atheists who wouldn't make a comment like that but but then you've got others who uh, they, they mock God they mock the, the the crucifixion they mock the doctrine of the atonement, which is a biblical doctrine that teaches that Christ's blood was shed to atone for our sins, uh, because it was the only way our sin could be forgiven. And, you know, Son, there are going to be a lot of people in hell who had mocked God, who had mocked uh, Christ, who had mocked the cross, who had mocked what what they perceived to be a monster, you know, and they're going to hate God. They're going to curse God forever because they're in suffering. And, and you know, what could have happened for them, son, and, and what can happen for people who are still on Earth today is you can come to Christ, and, and and God will give you a new heart that enables you to love God. Because until you get a new heart, you won't be able to love God. You are on a path to curse God forever, to hate God forever, uh, apart from Christ. Because no one in hell is going to be worshiping God. No one in hell is going to be loving God. No one in hell is going to be loving life, loving their existence. Um, it'll be terrible. And there will be a tremendous cursing against God in hell. Uh, But it didn't have to be that way. You know, I mean, you know, son, for anybody listening right now, it doesn't have to be that way for you, my friend. You don't have to spend eternity cursing God. Um, But I'll tell you this. um, If you were to honestly say today, but hey, I don't love God. What do I do? Uh, I'd say, i say, friend, thank you for that honesty. None of us can love God until we get a new heart. You say, well, how do I do that? You bring your sin to Jesus and you ask him to forgive you and you trust in his death as the payment for your sins. And then why not add this prayer? Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with a love for you that I don't have. Uh, because none of us have it. God has to give it to us if we're going to love God, but, but that's what he's willing to do. I mean, my goodness, he gave us his only son. You think he won't give us love in our heart? Of course he will. So what you have to decide today is this, do you want to spend eternity cursing God in hell or praising God in heaven? Which will it be? Uh, because it's going to be one of the two. Uh, and there's no other, way, there's no way around that. I mean, committing suicide won't won't change that. All right, uh, living until you're 118 years old, as I read today, the oldest person on Earth just uh, just died at 118. Um, that's not going to change it. Your soul is immortal. Um, there are others who die very early in life, but um, the soul is immortal. Your soul is immortal, and it's going to go to one of two places, either to heaven or to hell. And in Luke 16, Jesus told about a rich man and Lazarus. And, uh, this, this rich man loved money and he died and he went to hell to Hades and Lazarus died and he went to heaven. He had faith in God. Uh, but, but this rich man, his eyes finally were opened up and he realized how terrible it was in Luke chapter 16. And he said, Hey, you know, let me go and warn my family. Let me go and warn my brothers. You know, all of a sudden he, he wants to be an evangelist. All of a sudden he wants to go on and tell people, Hey, hell is real. You don't want to come here, but it was too late. He, he he was not allowed to do that. Um, so what we have today, son, is we have the word of God and we have messengers. We have um, disciples who we are called to, to spread the message. And some people are not going to want to hear it. Some people are going to hate the message because that's just our nature. Our nature is to hate God, to hate Christ, to hate the gospel. That's our nature uh, because of sin. You know, son, why do people say Jesus's name is a curse word? You, you, you don't hear him saying Buddha. You, you you don't you don't hear him saying the names of of, of other uh, prophets like Muhammad or someone else. Why do they take Jesus's name? Is because the devil and demons and our own sinful nature are all they all sometimes um, conspire, as it were, and and you go to that thing that that you hate the most. And what the devil hates the most is the name of Jesus. Um, you know, Satan got kicked out of heaven because he, he he was no longer content worshiping God. He he was no longer content with that. You know, he he wanted to be worshiped. He wanted to be glorified. And so now he's been cursing God ever since. He'll be cursing God throughout eternity. Uh, the Bible says uh, he's going to be thrown into the lake of burning sulfur uh, in, in Revelation 20, verse 10, that he's going to be tormented day and night forever and ever. Uh, you think he won't be cursing God? Of course he'll be cursing God. But it didn't have to be that way. Um, he chose to harden his heart. He chose to let his heart become proud on account of his beauty. It says in Ezekiel 28, And, and so son, you know, today as people are going about their daily lives and probably not thinking a whole lot at all, if at all about heaven and hell, um, it's a podcast like this that can, that can get at somebody's attention and say, Hey, Hey, wake up. Okay. You are one day closer to, to your eternal destination than you were yesterday. Okay. And there are only two places you can go. And there's only one person who can get you to heaven. Um, it's the work he did on the cross that can get you there. If you'll accept that as the payment for your, sin and trust in that, not in your religion, not in your, you know, religious deeds or your, or your good works, or your morality. I mean, those, those things all have a place, but they don't save your soul. And if you try to save your soul through them, the Bible says you will die in your sins because if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. That's what Paul wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And you have to decide, my friend, did Jesus die for nothing or did he die for my sins? And did he rise on the third day, as the Bible says? And was he seen by 500 brothers at the same time, as the Bible says? And, and were, his, uh, were his opponents unable to locate his body? Well, of course. You know, that's all they had to do to shut down Christianity, but they couldn't find it. Because he was alive. And he was appearing to many of his followers before he ascended into heaven. And and son, there's no way those guys who were terrified after Jesus' uh death, there's no way they'd have gone out and preached this message, many of them being martyred for their faith, unless they had seen and touched the risen Christ. Uh there's just no 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 nobody does that. People don't die for a lie if they know it's a lie, and they would have known it was a lie, you know, uh, unless they realize, Hey, no, this is true. Jesus is alive, like Thomas, who needed to see the Lord. And, um, before he, you know, he would, he would believe the message that the other disciples were telling him. But then once he saw the Lord put his hand there in his side, uh, it's like, wow, you know, um, he, uh, he went out and, and, and preached the gospel and, uh, you know, tradition tells us that, you know, he went to India and, and, and preached the gospel. And, uh, you know, it's been going around the world, son, and this message has, been going around the world for 2000 years, but, but it really comes down today, My friend, if you're listening and you don't know for sure, whether you're going to heaven or hell, then why do you think God's having you hear this today? He's having you hear it because you need what son and I, and everyone else needs. You need the forgiveness of your sins. And the only way to receive that is by coming to Jesus and receiving him as your savior. So today you can choose heaven or hell. You can choose uh, to be your own god or to serve the God of Heaven, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the One True God. And and so it's our prayer today that you will call upon the Lord, and um, boy, you will not regret it. And everyone in heaven, son, uh, boy, they're having a great time right now. It's so far off the charts we can't even imagine. And and that's the thing about these two destinations; they're so extreme. You know, heaven is so extreme extremely good extremely vibrant you know I- I extremely new it's gonna blow our minds and hell is extremely horrible so it should be an easy choice if it, if it wasn't for our sin and for the devil and our own nature uh, I guess maybe sounded easy for everyone but um, it sure seems difficult for a lot of people and maybe easier for them to, to do like what you started the podcast with that guy saying well you know uh, hey I, I don't I don't want you in hell with me it's like Uh, well, you know, I would say, you know, sir, um, please consider what Jesus said about heaven and hell and and please stop just making light of it because, um, it's the most important thing you could ever think about.
0: You know, Dan, the other trend that tends to be going around in society, especially in the church is who defines sin? What is sin? And there's a lot of people that like to define what a sin is to themselves. Like they want basically the Bible to fit their lifestyle, not their lifestyle to fit the Bible. And we talked about Amy Grant uh, hosting the uh, LGBT wedding for her niece and uh, partner. Billy Graham's uh, um, son, uh, Franklin Graham, came out with a, a response. And a part of that response was, you know, God defines what sin is and not us. And then his word clearly defines, you know, what Sin might be, okay, depending on what it is, whether it's the LGBT or whether it's just, you know, um, everyday life of lying, stealing, you know, um, hatred, all that type of stuff. So the Bible clearly states, you know, what's a sin and what isn't, but God's the one that defines what a sin is and not us. And yet society nowadays tends to be the one that wants to dictate what a sin is. And so people are now falling into that trap and they're excusing. Or they're not even really conscious of the fact that some of the things that we might be doing is, you know, hated by God, and yet they're okay with it. And they don't realize that the Bible is the one that we need to be, or is the resource that we need to be going to to determine what it is that we should be doing and not be doing in our lives. But yet, the trend now has become that we're going to determine it. And then we need to, through our preaching or through our church ministries or through our outreach or even through reprinting the Bible, we need to change the Bible to fit the narrative. And that that's what goes on in the woke culture. That goes on with LGBT culture. That goes on with, you know, any number of cults that are out there um, and just, you know, people that don't want to believe in general is they want to change something in order to fit their lifestyle instead of fitting their lifestyle, changing their lifestyle to fit the biblical principles that are lined out for us in in the Bible.
1: Oh, that is so true, son. And, you know, there was something that uh, has just been reported now in the last day or so, and you and I haven't even had a chance to talk about it because we always, um, you know, end up, it seems, talking about some of these really current events like the Amy Grant one you just mentioned, and one that I know you and I will be, you know, probably spending even more time on, but I'll just touch on it here. I don't know if you heard about it, but this, uh, this hockey player for the Philadelphia Flyers um, has uh, uh, created a lot of discussion over a decision he made because Because you see, Son, um, their organization decided that they were going to have an LGBTQ uh, Pride night and what they decided they were going to do is they're going to have all their hockey players Mm -hmm. during warm-ups wear wear like a jersey that would reflect uh, the pride in LGBTQ and also sticks that had like something on there with a rainbow. So so the idea was we're going to have all of our players out there for whether it's five or ten minutes or whatever it is, warming up before the game, celebrating this pride, okay, so uh, one of the players, uh, I think Ivan is his first name um, he uh, you know he said, hey, you know he, he, he his background is the Russian Orthodox Church and a, as a Christian, he said, you know um, hey, I, I respect everybody he said uh, but but you know i i, I can 't do something that goes against my my beliefs and my religion and and so of course, there have been those on online and on Twitter who have mocked him and and called him a bigot." And, and just, you know, things that are absolutely ridiculous because uh, he um, is not allowing himself to be forced into the mold of the world. He could not in good conscience. Well, well what do they want him to do? Go out and pretend? I mean, I, I think that's what, you know, the woke mob wants, wants you to do. Even if you don't believe it, you have to go out there and pretend that you endorse it. You have to go out there and be fake. Even though it may go against your conscience, even though you may think it's harmful for people to uh, embrace uh, that lifestyle, um, you know, uh, you have to go out there and pretend. So, so you know, good for him uh, for, for standing up for his faith. It, it's kind of like, in a way, what the Christian Post did here, Son, um, less than a year ago when they uh, published an article uh, referring to uh, Rachel Levine, I, I'm getting, I think I'm getting the name right, in the Biden administration, referring to Rachel Levine as, as a man, you know. But, he, you know, he tried to uh, say that he was a different gender, and so forth. But, um, the Christian post, you know, said, Hey, you know, he, he, they referred to him as a man. So, so, uh, Twitter suspended their account and, um, that went on for about nine months. And then, uh, last month that got reactivated here again, I suppose with, uh, you know, with Elon Musk taking it over and things, uh, you know, they, they, they're, they're trying to get back to having genuine, you know, free speech and, and so forth. But, um, You know, the Christian Post took a stand uh, uh, for truth. This uh, Philadelphia Flyer hockey player um, was standing for truth. He wasn't trying to, uh, you know, condemn anyone or disrespect anyone. Um, He wasn't trying to say that homosexual activity is a bigger sin than adultery or fornication or gossip or uh, prejudice. He wasn't saying any of those things. All he was saying is, I cannot in good conscience go out there and pretend to celebrate and to have pride in something that... Um, that the, the, the Bible clearly says is is offensive to God, and, and and because homosexual behavior is just as offensive as adultery and fornication, um, he could not uh, as a, as a Christian uh, could could not do that. And um, you know, good 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 for him. Um, he's going to get those who are going to uh, you know mock him for that. But uh, I, I looked at some of the responses on uh, on Twitter, and there were sure a lot of people that were you know standing up for him and 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 were saying hey you know um you know why shouldn't he be able to uh, to to take a stand for his beliefs and and there were just a lot of good comments there but but that that's kind of typical of the day you know the woke mob wants to try to force you to go against your conscience and to um and that's what again was troubling I guess about the whole thing with Amy Grant that she fails to see is 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 that by by hosting a gay wedding at you know at a barn on her land or whatever there are many ways you can show um appreciation and love for people um whatever uh whatever they're engaged in in life but but the minute you begin to celebrate that which is what you're doing in a warm-up and you're wearing these lgbtq things and you're you know what are you saying you are saying i'm proud i am proud of of this uh behavior and and nowhere should anyone ever be forced to have to say you know i mean imagine if like a a non-christian was being told you you know, at a job or on a sports team or in a nation, you have to, you have to stand up and, um, and, and, you know, show an allegiance toward this religion that you don't believe in, uh, or, or this, uh, these principles that go against your faith. Um, you know, it just, it's ludicrous and it's so unfair. And, uh, I, I think we're going to see more and more examples of that Son, but you know, we do live in a country where a lot of people, um, believe in, in free speech. And freedom of religion, and, um, and and even you know there are people obviously who aren't Christians who 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 believe in that as well, of course. And so it'll be interesting to see as time goes on. But uh, I just I like I said, you and I hadn't talked about it yet, but I know that'll be a story. I'm sure we'll we'll revisit you know uh, fairly often.
0: Yeah, I know. Um, this past season, Tampa Bay, the Rays, they had an LGBT Pride Night, and there were about five players that opted out from wearing the rainbow which, on a side note, I find it ironic that LGBT will take the rainbow, which was God's promise never to flood the earth again, and they take something right. biblical, and then they try to own it for themselves. So it's like if you really, really want to be original, why don't you go find something else other than the rainbow colors for your flag because you're just right. ripping off God right there. So the irony yeah. of the LGBT uh, LGBT t community whatever it is um Mm -hmm, you know whatever the irony of them using god's promise and a rainbow to try to represent their alternative lifestyle to what god's lifestyle is the irony is uh it just reeks there of 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 that but anyways um but yeah and and they they were five players that didn't want to wear the rainbow pride stuff and they got a lot of pushback on it and it's fine another the hypocrisy is that you've got inclusivity is what they're trying to preach and yet if you you're not these players they weren't out there protesting it it was their faith and they said this is just something we don't believe in so we're gonna go play we just don't want to wear the colors and you know we love these these fans just as much as anybody else but this is just something we're not gonna believe in and we're not gonna want to support by wearing these colors which again is something that i find interesting that people get upset that you're not wearing rainbow colors but whatever um and so again you know and so you can see where outside the bible outside god's plan this whole thing gets all mucked up because you are trying to be exclusive in the name of inclusivity you know you you're trying to you're you're, you're trying to be angry and hateful towards somebody
1: uh-huh. when you want
0: people to include and not be hateful to you and so it's like, yeah. you know, it goes round and round and makes zero sense. But if you look to the Bible, okay, and so the LGBT is an example of where we are defining what sin is and LGBT relationships or living outside of LGBT, just, you know, living outside of God's plan for marriage um, is right. a sin, okay? Regardless of what you think, that's society saying that's not a sin and it's okay. And then all the problems that, go along with that whereas if you lived inside god's plan for marriage i mean think about it there'd be no uh unwanted pregnancies for the most part um right. there would be um no sexually transmitted diseases uh you know monkeypox, AIDS, chlamydia, all that stuff there would probably be none um, and you think of all the good in society yeah. that would yeah. happen If we followed God's plan, and yet people want to still step outside of that and deal with all the ramifications of the negativity fallout of living outside of God's plan. forget eternity right now, but just living in today's world of the, the STDs, the unwanted pregnancies, the broken relationships, the, you know, on and on and on. And so when you've got a few people, whether it be the Philadelphia Flyer player, these Tampa Bay Ray players, you know, they're standing up not only for their faith, but they're standing up for something they believe in. They get criticized and they get backlash and they try to get canceled and people hate on them and they're hateful in the name of inclusivity. And I just find that completely ironic and hypocritical.
1: Oh, son! Yeah, there's no no doubt about it, and you know it's amazing that they don't seem to see the hypocrisy in that. Um, I mean, you know, how many of them would ever begin to allow themselves to be forced into a mold of Christian beliefs or um, a christ- the, the Christian teaching on on sexuality? Um, but but and yet they they, they want to try to force that um, uh, upon. Uh, people who do not agree with them. And, you know, it, it's just so amazing in the last 20 years how quickly things have 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 changed on that sign because uh, back in 2008, so what, 14, 15 years ago, um, before Barack Obama became president, um, he said on MTV uh, leading up there to the election that um, he believed marriage was between a man and a woman and he said, I'm not in favor of gay marriage. Now imagine... Someone as, um, as progressive, as liberal, as, um, unbiblical, as Barack Obama, um, when you think about his views on, on marriage and on the unborn and, um, and, and, and just other things, uh, when you think about that, uh, and, and you think that it was just 14 or 15 years ago that even he, uh, was, was not claiming to be in support of gay marriage. Although, um, you know, it's pretty obvious that he, he has been probably his whole life. He was just trying to be politically expedient. He he was thinking that would give him more votes. And then once the tide turned enough in the culture that he could promote or once he got into office, really is when he, you know, began to really then make, make the push for that. Uh, but I guess his, um, pollsters were telling him that, you know, to get elected, we don't quite have enough people, um, Mm-hmm. Who who want to change the definition of marriage? So uh, that, that's why he seemed to go with that. But my point is, in fourteen or fifteen years, son, that's how far things have gone in in the the public discussion of this. Where even someone as liberal as Barack Obama was not willing to admit uh, fifteen years ago that he was for gay marriage, and and, and we're talking about the institution that God um, that God created, that God instituted thousands of years ago. And, and the Jews and Christians, uh, for example, have, have always uh, taught that marriage is between a man and a woman. And now there are, things are going so fast, these changes and, and this push now for transgender ideology that, that followed up uh, all of the changes on same-sex marriage. I mean, things are moving rapidly, and the foundations are crumbling, and, and the culture is drifting further and further into darkness um, to, to the point where now it's it's not just enough um, in the eyes of, of of the woke mob it's not just enough to um, to be able for them to be able to come out and publicly support that and endorse that but now they they feel uh, emboldened to try to force that on every NHL hockey player every American you know every employee um, you know so every company that decides to have a pride month and and starts to tell their employees you know you all have to wear this pride shirt um well what if you don't you know well then you'll be like those five Tampa, um uh, you know tampa bay players or or that philadelphia player um and and you know son even those numbers are interesting because i i wonder from team to team i mean are, are things becoming even more isolated whereas maybe now do you remember son when was that tampa bay was that maybe a year or two ago that that happened yeah i
0: believe it was uh this past well i guess what 2022 it was this past season uh, during their uh, Pride Night, uh, which I believe is uh, June is Pride Month, right? So I think it was oh, like around I, I, the, f- I, I, the first part of June last year that yeah. this had kind of taken place as as teams across Major League Baseball were celebrating uh, their particular Pride Nights for uh, Pride Month.
1: Oh yeah. Yes. Yes, I- exactly. And, and, but it's interesting to me, son, that maybe even in just a year or two, I I, I hope those numbers don't reflect um, a trend that whereas maybe even a year or two, maybe you'd have five players on a professional team that would, that would stand up and, and, and say, Hey, I, I, I cannot in good conscience endorse that ideology. And now is it down to maybe one player on a team? You know, again, it, it's all going to depend on the team and who's on the team, but, but you know, things are shifting. Things are moving um, away from um, a, a, a belief in God's institution of marriage. There is no such thing as marriage between two men or marriage between two women, not in the eyes of the Lord, not in heaven, not, not in God's design um, only in the eyes of man. Uh, uh, is there such a thing? Um, but, but the Bible makes it clear that um, adulterers, fornicators, um, slander, swindlers, homosexuals, offenders um, that, that this is uh, this is the, the wide road that leads to destruction and and that we are called as Christians to repent doesn't mean we're not tempted doesn't mean we're, we're some you know perfect little angels who never sinned but um, one of the things God certainly expects of his followers is that we renounce sin. Uh, in fact there's a verse in the New Testament that says everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness okay so so by Amy Grant hosting this this same sex um you know wedding uh, at at on her property, that's not turning away from wickedness that's saying, well no I, I love both of these 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 ladies uh well, great but but the Bible says better is open rebuke than hidden love and and, and so um, when you love someone and you know the truth. Which, you know, I don't know. Does Amy Grant believe that homosexuality is sinful? I, I mean, I don't know. You know, uh, if she, you know, she, she seems to be thinking it's not, I, I, you know, or, or, or does she think that, well, yes, I'm celebrating sin, but I think God will understand or, 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 or does she think, um, you know, uh, no, I'm celebrating something that I think God has kind of changed his mind on. I think we've kind of gotten this wrong for thousands of years. Um, And, you know, who knows, who knows, but, but that those are the times in which we live. It's it's a very, um, dangerous time for many people who are being told that, um, whatever is right in your own eyes. Then hey, that, that's okay. God's okay with that. Uh, whereas in Scripture, again, whoever confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. And so, it, it, if if we attempt to redefine a sinful act as no longer being wicked, my goodness, that's dangerous. That, that, that's like that's like taking the uh, the label off of a uh, a bottle of of. Uh, you know, some very dangerous, dangerous medication that, that uh, would be very harmful to take uh, a dangerous prescription and changing the label um, from, from poison or whatever, you know, um, to, um, to something else. So yeah, this, this is not, uh, this is not good. This is not helping people to, to come to the Lord. Um, this is not telling people that, that, that God, God is expecting us to repent and and not just to do whatever is right in our own eyes.
0: You know, Dan, the other thing that's kind of interesting is on the flip side, you've got um, ballparks celebrating, you know, faith night. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, pride night and you know, this type of stuff, but it seems like it's dwindling more and more of places celebrating faith night. I remember growing up, For example, one of the biggest things where you could go find and listen to Christian music was at uh, amusement parks, like uh, um, um, Southern California, you know, you had like Disneyland, you had Knott's Berry Farm, you had Magic Mountain, and they all had, you know, Christian music night, faith night, whatever you want to call it. And then all of a sudden they started doing away with that. But now they're starting to include, you know, Pride night and LGBT and, and things of that nature. And so it makes you wonder, you know, how is it? And we know why. But, you know, you you, you see this move away from in society, faith night, um, you know, Christian night, whatever you want to call it. And they start moving away from that and moving more into a secular celebration of things that are going on. And then when yeah. they're asked about it, you know, there's a cop out. And they're like, well, we can't do that because of X, Y, Z. Um, well, okay, so now you're criticizing athletes or people that don't want to participate in your LGBT Pride Night or whatever it is. For, mm-hmm. what, for whatever reason, you're criticizing them. But the very entity, the very the, – the group, you know, the Philadelphia Flyers, do you think they would have uh, faith night, Christian night, where they would have the Christian flag and allow someone to maybe read the Bible, maybe have uh, you know Franklin Graham come out and speak or say a prayer or something? No, they would never do that because – it would have such backlash, and people right. would complain, and so we can't have faith night, but we can have pride night, but yet we're going to criticize those that don't want to participate, in pregame, no less, yeah. uh, uh, of their ceremonial whatever they did.
1: Yeah, it, it, there's just so much uh, hypocrisy in that sign, and what people who are trying to force that on others don't understand is that they are being driven by by. by dark motivations um, within them, and that many times that Satan is also, um, uh, you know, throwing fuel on the fire. Um, These are not holy motivations that are pleasing to God. These are dark and sinful motivations that are very offensive to God. I mean, does anybody remember Sodom and Gomorrah? I mean, you know, God, you know, God does not Ever appreciate the endorsement of sin and and the last thing God would ever want to happen would be that for any anybody who's professing to be one of his children um, to go out and endorse sin, promote sin, live in deliberate sin now that doesn't mean that none of us ever get tripped up and and give in to sin okay but but as Christians, we do not have the if you want to call it the luxury or the option to just persist in that um, God commands us to repent. Um, God doesn't say, well, you know, do your best, but if you, if you feel that you need that, that sin more than you need me, I'll just kind of take a back seat here and you indulge your sinful nature as much as you like. And I mean, you know, son, who would do that in marriage? I mean, I know there's some people that have like an open marriage, which is just insane, but in your, in your, uh, you know, um, you know, your standard marriage, let's say, um, nobody's going to sit by, okay, honey, you want to go out and have that affair or have a couple affairs or whatever? No problem. You know, you go out and you, you, uh, you know, knock yourself out. And then, and then whenever you're ready to come home, then, you know, we can, we can resume our, our happy life together. I mean, nobody does that. Um, like I say, unless, unless they're so twisted in their thinking and, 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 and so, um, really driven by their own lust that that they would not be happy in a, um, in a in a you know monogamous uh, God pleasing marriage between a husband and wife, um, they're so driven by sexual lust that they convince their spouse, or they find a person who just is driven by sexual lust, and and who assumes that there's going to be more satisfaction in feeding your flesh, feeding sin, than in a in a, in a loving uh, in a loving marriage, uh, a faithful marriage, uh, and and but that's that's the nature of man. The nature of man is to see satisfaction in sin not in holiness none of us are holy by nature none of us you know crave holiness it's only when the holy spirit comes to live in us that we begin to get these new motivations and even then we have to battle our sinful uh, desires and and our in our old nature every day and and sometimes we we give into that old nature and we say things we shouldn't say or we do things we shouldn't do but but I'll tell you son as christians we do not have the luxury or the option to say, oh, I'm just going to persist in this. I'm just going to deliberately keep on giving in to sin. The person who's doing that is in is in really is in a very dangerous place. Um, that that's very clear in the scripture. That if you can go against God's word and, and especially knowing that it's wrong or or, you know, you have every reason to believe that it's wrong and scripture tells us that it's wrong, but you just that that's not a good place to be. And so God's message is wake up, you know, strengthen what remains and is about to die. That was a message in Revelation. Um, you know, God spoke to those who were lukewarm uh, in the church of Laodicea. He says, you're neither hot nor cold. I wish you were one or the other, but because you're, you're neither, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Um, you know, God doesn't want lukewarm followers. God doesn't want uh, people, well, Lord, I'll keep one foot in heaven and one foot in hell because, you know, I know I want you to bring me to heaven one day, but but there are still some things here in this life, some sinful pleasures that I, I, I'm not really ready to give up on you. You understand that, right, Lord? Uh, yeah, uh uh-huh. Right. Uh, you know, oh honey, you understand why, you know, I need this night out with the guys where, where we go out and sure, you know, we, we get together with some, some, some ladies and things and, and sure we have some fun and, and, and sure I maybe sleep around a little bit, but, uh, but you understand honey, right? (laughs) I mean, so son, that's what the person is doing who is, uh, essentially saying to the Lord, Lord, I, I, I kind of want your benefits, but, uh, Um, there are still some things I'm not willing to give up. I'm not willing to turn from. And this is where, um, you know, this is really then where it's so critical that we, we call out on the Lord. We ask him to change our heart, wherever our heart is deceiving us or, or um, leading us to think that we can persist in sin. We need other Christians to help us. We need um, worship in a, in a congregation of other believers, if at all possible. I mean, some people aren't able to do that, but if at all possible, we, we need that. What they've had for 2000, years because we need the strength to say no to sin and we need a new heart. And like I say, uh, one of the worst places to be is, is is when your heart has been corrupted to the point that you're not sure whether you love sin more or whether you love Jesus more. Uh, I didn't say whether you're perfect. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about um, in your heart, are you double minded or are you single minded that you love the Lord because he died for your sins and you are trying. Trying to live according to the word of God, you're trying not to go against your conscience, um, or are you living with secret sin, deliberate sin? Um, and if so, um, God's not here to condemn you or judge you, but He is here to call you out of that, uh, so that you do not become destroyed by that. You know, I, I wrote an article one time, son, entitled "Kill Your Sin Before It Kills You," and I use the example here in Papillion, actually. Uh, a number of years ago, there was a um, uh, a guy that owned a boa constrictor, I believe it was, or was it a python? But anyway, uh, he, he owned this snake, a big snake, and he was showing it to his neighbor, um, and this snake ended up um, wrapping itself around the guy, and I forget if it was the owner of the snake that, that did, or maybe the neighbor, but one of them, whoever it was, um, they were kind of treating it as, a, uh, as something that wasn't overly dangerous, I suppose, and it, it actually ended up killing the, the, the young man who I think maybe was like somewhere around 30 or something like that. But, but that's what sin does. It squeezes the life out of you. If you toy with it, uh, if you try to basically pet your sin and, and, and try to have one foot in heaven and one foot in hell, um, it doesn't work that way. Um, you'll be forgiven freely by Jesus and by his shed blood. But but once you're forgiven, it will never again work for you to live in deliberate sin. You'll be miserable. Um, Um, and it will start to enslave you all over again if you, if you go back into that. So again, that, that doesn't mean son that any of us are, are without sin or that somehow now, Hey, you know, I'm a Christian, so I'm perfect. No, but, but we have to be reminded of something The culture will never tell us. The culture says you get to decide when it comes to sexual ethics, how you're going to live. And that's why it's so troubling and good for Franklin Graham for, for really speaking out after Amy Grant, who's a public figure would, 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 would do something like that. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's very unfortunate because think about how many Christians there are in America who who have friends or family members whom they love who are um, you know living uh, a, a, in, a, in a gay relationship They're, rather than resisting it, rather than saying no. Um, you know, I am not going to give in to that desire. Uh, like a person would say, no, I'm not going to give in to the desire for adultery or for fornication. Um, you know, rather than that, uh, you you have people with any of those things. The minute you start to give yourself over to it, um, that is not going to help at all spiritually. It's going to do just the opposite. It's going to make it harder for you to understand God's will, harder for you to follow the Lord. Well, I mean, until you, uh, you have to choose, you're going to have to eventually choose, um, you know, does my body belong to Jesus? As, as as someone who's been purchased with his blood or does my body belong to me? And if my body belongs to Jesus, then the biblical answer is very, very clear. Sex can only take place in marriage between a man and a woman. Anything else is outside of God's will. Um, doesn't mean God won't love you. Doesn't mean God's gonna just, um, you know, kick you to the curb. But what it will do is this. It will start to harden your heart. You'll you'll become less and less interested in the things of God. Um, and and uh, eventually something will have to give there. Um, because those two things are not compatible. You know, the Holy Spirit living inside a person is not compatible with sexual sin. Um, something's going to have to give there. E- either the person's going to have to say, you know, I'm miserable because I'm a Christian like David was. You know, he was living in sin with Bathsheba. I'm miserable. I need to get out of this. Or um, hey, you know, I, I'm okay. You know, God's okay with me. And and that's the message, unfortunately, that Amy Grant's participation and in, in that it, it it sends a message like that somehow these two girls, who Amy Grant says she loves, somehow she's blessing them by having this at her place. She's doing just the opposite, just the opposite of that. That doesn't mean she should condemn them. That doesn't mean she should come out and, and call them wicked sinners, but, but you have to choose just like the Philadelphia flyer, uh, player. You have to choose when I am being invited or asked or even told that I need to celebrate a certain behavior. If it goes against God's word, then there's only one possible option that's going to please the Lord. And that's going to be to say no to ungodliness and and worldly passions, as it says in Titus, uh, which is what the grace of God teaches us to do. So that's not to condemn Amy Grant, but that's to say she's been deceived. You think Jesus would do that? You think Jesus would host a gay wedding? Um, Not on your life. Uh, Now, what did he say to the woman caught in adultery? He said, "I, I don't condemn you. But he said, go and leave your life of sin. Go and sin no more. Okay what are you doing when you host uh, a a gay wedding? The same thing you'd be doing if you hosted a wedding for a man and his mistress and and here he is, his wife, you know, maybe, hey, why not just have your wife in the wedding party, right? And let's just have a wedding for you and your mistress. Um, It's the same thing. You cannot celebrate sin um, and then turn around and say, oh, God's happy with this. God's fine. God doesn't care. Or God understands, you know, it's hard. It's hard to say no to certain desires and certain temptations. So, um, you know, we have have to hear the truth, son. We have to tell one another the truth because we're all guilty. And the minute I start looking out at anyone and start thinking, well, they're a bigger sinner than me, okay, then um, I need to, I need to have a real reality check. I need to say, Lord, change my heart from being, you know, holier than thou thinking, you know, I'm some perfect person, um, you know, whatever. So there's a lot, a lot of person has to think about and good for that Philadelphia hockey player. Um, you know, Amy Grant could learn a lot.
0: from from his example yeah and then the other thing too like you said you know it's perspective people might sit there and say why are you condemning me why are you preaching at me put it in such a negative light but on the flip side like you mentioned and like even franklin graham went on to mention um that what it really comes down to is loving others enough to share the truth with them caring about you know where they're going to spend all eternity um, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and knowing that that's what the Bible talks about because the, cause God wants everybody to come to him knowing full well that some will not, but as yeah. Christians and, and, you know, followers of Jesus, even though, you know, we might subscribe to a thought process or, or, uh, you know, to the biblical principles, you know, an ideology that might be different from other people. It's not that it comes from the point of condemnation necessarily, at least in my I guess I'll speak for myself um you know from my perspective but it's like yeah you know all eternity is a real thing and I think a lot of people believe that it's like where are you going to spend it and so going back full circle now um you all need to go to church because I don't want some of you in hell with me well that's so cavalier because hell is going to be eternity of the worst thing you could possibly imagine. And then imagine that on steroids 10 times over. And that's how bad it's going to be. And we don't want people there. We don't want people going there. And so we're going to share to try to get the truth out, hopefully scattering the seeds that people Mm -hmm. will then hopefully grow within them to realize the truth. And instead of wanting to go to hell or instead of wanting to live their life in this world, mm-hmm. um, they might want to start planning for all eternity in paradise and live that and go that route instead.
1: That, that, that's right, Simon. And you know what? There have been plenty of people, okay? Who have, who have just burned with lust uh, Lust to commit adultery Lust to commit fornication Or lust to commit homosexual behavior uh, Activity um, Okay Plenty of people Who have found It hasn't been easy But they have found Freedom in Jesus Whereby It's almost like You know Maybe the uh, The person The alcoholic Let's say Okay Who um, realizes That they have a problem With alcohol That it's out of control That they have an addiction And, and what they find so on uh is that you know if they can go one day without drinking um it's gonna be a little bit easier i mean every week you go every extra day you go um you know the, the same thing is true um with with uh sexual temptation um and there have been people who've been delivered from that i mean you, you have people who had lived uh, formerly lived a homosexual uh you know light lifestyle and and now they are um they're changed uh they are changed by god's grace now when i say change okay i don't mean that they're they're, they're no longer tempted i don't mean that they never again experience any of those desires but they, they they start to have other desires that that overwhelm those those uh dark desires and and the power of the holy spirit comes in and it it really uh becomes a, a time where they're starting to have some victory uh in in their life uh as they as they submit to the lord and to, um, to the Holy Spirit. In fact, son, I would invite anybody listening today. Um, there is a, um, there, there's a website called changedmovement.com. And on their homepage here, it says we left LGBTQ plus because we wanted to. Uh, and then you can read the, their stories. Uh, it says, changed is possible. We are a community of friends who once identified as LGBTQ. Um, today, we celebrate the love of Jesus and his freedom in our lives. So if you don't believe that that can happen, and boy, son, I'll tell you, this is, this is one thing that, that the culture hates. They do everything they can to keep this message from, from being uh, shared with others, that you can change. And there are people who do change. Um, and so change movement.com go on there, Check out their stories. Um, I mean, right here, I'm looking at a photo of these people and how happy they are. Um, you know, they've been changed. Um, now, uh, will will some of them, or maybe many of them, have temptations from time to time? I mean, I'm sure they probably will, okay? But they're happy in Jesus. Um, and you're never going to be happy in Jesus while deliberately committing fornication or adultery or homosexual activity. You won't. Um, that's an impossibility. You'll never be happy happy in Jesus doing that um, you might be able to claim jesus in some ways uh, but you won't be happy not not if god's living in you and you're living in deliberate sin uh, but again i want to say my friend don't be don't be discouraged or think that that god cannot give you a new heart he will he'll give you new desires um, and the spiritual battle that's going on right now for your soul is that it's very important that you come to him and say lord change my heart oh god make
0: it ever true. Dan Belzell with us as we discuss the crossroads of pop culture and faith. And Dan, we appreciate your time today and your insights. And we look forward to uh, many more conversations, God willing.
1: Oh, I look forward to that as well. Thank you so much, son.
0: Uh, For those of you listening, you can check out our website, RadioWarp.com. That's Radio W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com. You can uh, click on the logo the Sanctified Reason logo, and all of the uh, shows do pop up, so you can listen to other episodes. Um, if you want to email, you can just email us at sanctifiedreasonpodcast at gmail.com, and we will get back to you. That's sanctifiedreasonpodcast at gmail.com. And again, for those of you listening, hey, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend, and until next time, God bless.